Hello and welcome. You're listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at SOH. Dot church. While you're there, download our free mobile app. We've got a digital Bible on there, but also a ton of great resources and an awesome online community that you can be a part of. If you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications, leave a cool comment. It all helps us to get the word in front of more people. So we are now in Matthew chapter nine. We are stuttering, studying, we're not stuttering. Maybe I am stuttering every once in a while, uh, working on that. Uh, but we are studying, uh, Matthew, uh, the gospel and, uh, going line by line day by day. And I'm enjoying the journey with you. So yesterday, as we closed out Matthew chapter eight, we touched on Jesus's healing of, uh, let's say healing of a region and the casting out of demons, right? He walked into this area, gets off the boat. There was an area that was uh, completely uh, oppressed by uh, two men that lived among the tombs that were demonically possessed. And if you remember what happened, Jesus cast out those demons with one word, it wasn't a five-hour-long deliverance session. He said one word, and they were gone, right? He cast the demons into the pigs. We talked about a couple of scenarios yesterday. I know this, the study of demons and demonology, it's a bigger study than we can just kind of inject into uh, the day-to-day. Uh, we talked about a couple scenarios around casting the uh, demons into pigs. What are demons? Uh, you know, there's lots of different schools of thought around there. You know, maybe we can do a deeper study at a different time. But here's what we know, right? And and what we will continue in here as Jesus goes through the countryside, exerting his authority in the kingdom of God. We know that wherever there is sickness, wherever there is disease, wherever there is evil, wherever there is oppression, that Jesus is the answer. God is the answer to all of those things. Right. And what we talked about yesterday in the case of this particular region, they were so terrified of these demon possessed men that they avoided the area, uh, that they were oppressed. They were in constant fear. Yet Jesus gets rid of these demons and they ask Jesus also to leave the region. So we hit on the fact that, you know, God can remove things from our life, but we should you know, allow him to stay and heal and teach that region really missed a great opportunity for Jesus to stick around and maybe even train them on how to deal with their own demons in the future. Because how many of you know that, you know, as we go through this life, we are going to encounter challenges. We are going to encounter enemies. We're going to encounter, like Jesus said, tribulation. But what? Be of, but be of good cheer because he has already overcome the world. The more we draw close to Jesus, the more we understand how to overcome the challenges that we are going to faith, if face in 
life. Amen. Awesome. So let's continue with Matthew chapter nine. Uh, Jesus, again, going through the countryside, drawing a multitude of people to him. And it says, Jesus stepped into a boat and he crossed over and came to his own town where we could deduce that he went back to Capernaum here. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. Now, this is the same story in other Gospels where a man was lowered through the roof. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, this is a a big thing for the crowd to hear. And you see the reaction. Hold on. At this point, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. So they said this to themselves. Now, verse four, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up. Take your mat and go home. Then the man got up, went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to a man. So Jesus is really starting to show who he is. Now, it's as we'll see here. And what happens fairly early, if you remember when we studied through the Gospel of John, is we see the conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders. And it is absolutely about to heat up here for a lot of reasons, right? So Matthew hits on some things first, Jesus' teachings. He wants to establish that Jesus is in the line of David uh, and uh, you know the promises of Abraham and he's the Messiah. Um, but now we're going to start seeing some of this conflict where John, uh, you know, he addresses that uh, earlier. And if you remember early on with John the Baptist, he was telling the religious leaders that the axe is already at the root of the tree, right? And what if you remember what that meant, it meant that the old covenant was going away, that this was going to be the generation where the covenant between God and Israel only, the um, lesser covenant that we study in the Old Testament, uh, and even through this time as well, um, is coming to a close. And that wasn't going to be something that they were very happy about. And accepting Jesus for who he was was obviously something that they were not ready to do. Now, in Isaiah 35, it talks about the Messiah being a healer. This should have been a clear-cut Signed to them. Isaiah 35, I think it's five through six, talks about the eyes of the blind being open, the ears of the deaf being able to hear, the lame, it says it will leap like deer, the tongue of the dumb or the mute will be, uh, will be able to sing streams in the desert. It lays all this out. When the Messiah comes, we, you're going to see these type of miracles. And maybe they wanted more of a miracle like they saw through Elijah, you know, fire coming from the, uh, you know, fr from the sky. I, I don't I, I don't know. But I love how Jesus deals at the individual level. And it's so much so how he deals with us. Right. You know, we 
he deals with our hearts. He deals with healing us individually. So Jesus says something that they find absolutely appalling and insulting and use the word blasphemy. You understand how terrible blasphemy was in that time. You could be dragged out to uh, outside of the gates of Jerusalem, to the Valley of Ben-Hinnom. We should do a study on that. There's an area where they burned garbage and stone blasphemers, where there was wailing and gnashing of teeth that you could have been killed for blasphemy. And they start saying this in their hearts. Why? Because Jesus says to the man that your sins will be forgiven. Now, I want to establish something here. This man is not paralyzed because he sins. Okay. That is a misinterpretation of this scripture that is taught sometimes. Um, Yes, we do suffer consequences from our sin, albeit I would say mostly self-inflicted. But Jesus is not saying that the man is paralyzed because of his sins, I believe. Okay. And I would love to hear your feedback on this. But Jesus is showing that forgiveness is more important than even a physical healing, right? Our physical ailments can come and go. Our physical ailments are here and, you know, uh, on a long enough timeline, they are to some degree temporary. But the forgiveness of our sin is something that has eternal uh, consequences, or let's say, let's call it eternal benefits. So Jesus is pointing out first that forgiveness of sins triumphs over even physical healing. Now, the physical healing will be there, but what he's really doing is he's starting a conversation. He's starting a conversation here and trying to get them to understand, one, that Jesus is more than a man more than just a regular man. And if they've been following him around, you know, all this time, uh, they probably got that. All right. This is not your ordinary Joe (laughs) walking around. Okay. No insult to my Joes out there. Um, But uh, that he's more than a prophet. Hmm. There's still some people today think Jesus was just a prophet, just a good guy. Well, there's a problem with that is that Jesus claimed to be God. And this is one of the ways that he claimed to be God, because only God can forgive sins. And that is what got all these religious leaders all up in arms, all angry. And what he's really doing is he is establishing what was prophesied all along, that he will be Emmanuel, God with us. He's only claiming now to do or he's claiming now only what god can do and that is what is going to now spark as we see the religious leaders of that time because it's one thing for him to be a man that you can follow around and does cool tricks and heals people you know if you remember nicodemus When he sits down with Jesus in John uh, chapter three, he says, we know that you are from God because of the things that you do. And even at the end of this chapter, they say, God has given authority to a man that they didn't quite get it, but Jesus is easing them into this because if they really start thinking about it, only God can forgive sins. 
But I want to close out with the last few minutes that we have here um, because we've established over the course of the last chapter, the last couple teachings, that Jesus is a healer. And one of the things that he did, of course, he went through the countryside and he healed the sick, right? He has also imparted into us the ability to lay hands on the sick and they recover, right? So healing is a is is our portion, right? Healing is part of the authority of the kingdom of God. And I hope that you are praying for the sick on a regular basis and believing that when you pray for the sick, that they are healed. But I want to close out with this, maybe in the, with the last minute or so here, of something that is so key to each of our lives and each of our growth in our pursuit and our journey with God. Now, I talk to a lot of people that say, you know, I don't have to go to church. Uh, it's between me and God. And uh, look, I'm not going to argue with you there in the sense of that you can uh, you can have an awesome relationship with God, you know, it's you and God, right? I'm, I'm totally with you on that. But understand that any time that the Bible talks about, especially the, in the New Testament, talks about the church, it talks about that word church is the Greek word ekklesia, which means called out assembly of people. See, there are things that God will do privately, between you and him, me and him. But there are things also that we benefit from corporately because we are all different parts of the body of Christ. And we all have different gifts and talents, abilities and purposes, even places that we are called to be in and go. There are things that you can do that I that that I am not called to do. There are people that you can reach, even with your own personal um, experiences, that I couldn't or I couldn't be as effective in. So we are better together. Now that's for the ex the ministry of going out as well. But I want to encourage you, just based upon this story alone, right? When he said, when Jesus said. Let me see where it is here. They brought to him the paralyzed man, verse 2. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. It was the faith of the friends that brought the man to Jesus. And I just want to close out with the importance of what it is to surround yourself with faith-filled friends. Folks that will stand in the gap with you, maybe when you don't have the strength to do it yourself, and who you, whom you can stand in the gap with when maybe they're in need. We're better together. Scripture tells us that like iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. One man, one woman, we sharpen one another. Okay. And sometimes there's conflict in that. Sometimes we have to be able to sit down and, you know, rub each other the wrong, wrong way, maybe the right way. You know, if you think about what it means for iron to sharpen iron, there's got, there's a little bit of conflict there. That's why it's so important for us to be able to sit down. And even when we disagree to not devour and destroy one another, but the role of the church, the role of the ecclesia, the called out assembly of people is to equip one another to encourage one another 
to build up, to edify one another, to strengthen one another, to take our individual roles in this journey. Not only are we stronger together, the community around us is stronger when we get together with that mindset. So I just want to hit on that here, that it's one thing to go to the last, the least, and the lost. And that is what we are called to do. We're not called to shut people out and break people down. And that includes the non-believer, of course. But I encourage you to get into a situation, if you're not already, of fellowship. That's why I'm always, you know, talking, saying, jump on our app that we have here. And if it's that, or, I don't care if it's that or somewhere else. We say that at Sound of Heaven all the time. You know, come here. But if you're not going to come here, go somewhere else where you will be surrounded by people that will lift you up. And every once in a while, when you're down and out, carry you to Jesus like this these people did. And then you do the same in return. I hope that makes sense. We're better together. I pray for God to surround you with good people, faith-filled people that will strengthen you in times of struggle. And I pray that you would also be willing to be that for other people, to be that faith-filled friend. And I hope that what we do each and every day here for the few minutes that we're together strengthens that part about you. Because what we do here with the 1% of our day uh, is meant to fill us up so we could do what? Go out in the world and do something for Christ's sake. Remember, 100 starts with one. You're listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together. But 1% of our day, and then we head out and do something amazing. So let me pray for you real quick, and let's get out there. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you that you are a healer. If anybody that is listening to this is dealing with some sort of a physical ailment, let them be reminded that you are the healer, that you make the blind see, you make the deaf hear, you make the lame leap like a deer. So whatever they're dealing with right now, let them just declare in the name of Jesus that they are healed. But Father, as we go out into this world, help us to connect with people that are faith-filled, that will be able to uphold us and we'll be able to uphold them. Help the Christian community be stronger than it has been in previous generations, Lord God, because our world needs it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church. You're listening to the 1% Christian. We're going to continue with Matthew chapter 9 tomorrow. Have an awesome day.